Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly, and this now the week after the 50th anniversary of one uh, Unadilla Motocross. The big news coming out of there, we'll talk about it in a moment with Tony Wink in the studio. Special guest sitting next to you, Tony. Do the intro, if you will. Yeah, one of my homeboys from Winterset, who uh, now lives in northwest Arkansas, or sort of. He's kind of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of living in my camper at the Iowa State Fair, but uh, Jesse Guest, who's uh, one of my most solid buddies, he is here in town, I, and I don't really know what he's doing or what he does. Uh, he's a, he's the most one of my most evasive. Scott, you're one of my st- strangest friends, right? And I love you because of the whole finger painting. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. I have no idea what he's talking about. But Jesse's one of my most evasive friends. He just disappears all yeah. the time, and then he reappears, and it's like. One time it was like uh, 12 years, and then we're best friends again. Sounds, <laughs> like, sounds like a sentence to me. He would. Be he like, might have been in some sort of incarceration. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, he was overseas fighting or something, yeah. but yeah, whatever. All right, before we so, get to the results from Unadilla, let's go to PJ is in the studio. PJ, welcome back, and uh, what do you have for um, hot points and hot news from, uh, from the world of motorcycle racing? Well, first up to the Red Bull ring. Went down in Austria this weekend with a fight all the way to the finish line. Andrea Davizioso, the factory Ducati rider, coming out on top of Repsol Honda's Mark Marquez. They were followed closely by Fabio Quartararo, I believe I got his name right. And, of course, our American Road Racing Series, uh, Moto America, headed back to Sonoma. They got back in action after their summer break. Race one of the Superbikes saw Garrett Gerloff heading uh, Tony Elias, and Matthew Skoltz finished out the podium. Race two saw Cam Bobier back on top with Gerloff coming in a solid second place, and Josh Heron taking third. Uh, Elias still has a pretty good lead going. I think he's right around 36 points, so he's not hitting the panic button yet, but he did crash out of race two, so uh, there's a little bit of uh, advantage that was gained by some other guys. And we'll talk about the rest of it. How about in our uh, open segment in hour two? So with three rounds to go, which would be six races, right? Because they're they're both they're all doubles. Double so you got Pittsburgh, uh, Jersey, and Barber. Barber, you yep. bet. So the points gap is like some thirty thirty six. I want to thirty four. I think it is. Right yeah, something there. like that. Yeah, it is possible. So uh, yeah, it, not a panic situation for Tony, but. But he, he didn't did do it himself any favors he this did, week. He did not. He had 59-ish points coming into the weekend, and now he's leaving with 30, mid-30s. So, yeah, they got a little bit back on him, and he definitely can't afford another crash zero DNF deal. Thank you, PJ. Unadilla, the results there, 250 and 450. Tony, take it away. Well, I got to say hats off and high five to our boy Kenny Roxon, who did a 1-1. He's back. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, he finessed that, that track. You know, Unadilla is such a unique monster and, and uh, the, such a rich history. It was the 50th year, as you said, Scott. Marvin Muskane went 2-2, and then Zach Cosman went 4-4. And then in the, uh, the, the 250, it was also um, a, kind of a barn burner with Dylan Ferrandez and Adam Cianciarillo and Chase Sexton. That was the top three. But Ferrandez and Cianciarillo went back and forth. So um, we saw a real good battle there. But what's... What we always do every year is we see the Team USA is announced for Motocross Nations, 
And uh, Kawasaki announced that they're not going to participate, which did not earn them any fans. You know, we would think we'd have Cian Cirillo and Tomac would be natural natural fits or shoe ins for the for the team USA, but they're not going to run it. So um, I don't want to call it a B team because these guys are all really solid. We have Jason Anderson on the Husky 450, Zach Osborne on the Husky 450, and then Justin Cooper on the Yamaha 250. I think if any. I, I think they have a, a, as good of a shot as any team to go there and do well. So, so you're um, saying there's some opportunity, perhaps, for some younger riders, uh, just because of the absence of Cowie. Well, I think, I mean, obviously Eli Tomac's running that number one play, and he mm-hmm. has it for a reason. But uh, he did have an off week, so it was kind of like, huh? You know, he went seven three, I think, and finished fourth overall. So, you know, when they when they made the announcement, it was kind of like. Maybe, you know, Osborne beat him, so it's like, oh, maybe it wasn't such a bad idea. But Anderson went 5-5 this week for for fifth overall. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think – I don't want to say that that's a B team by any means, but um, Eli hasn't won it in a while either, so – and you want you want to see the names of the sport out there, though. You do. You idea. want to see your best – you want to see that you've taken your best there. And, and you know, I hope that we have. Um, I'm a huge fan of Anderson and Osborne Cooper. We haven't talked too much on the show. I really like, you know, I, I don't know him as well, but I, as a racer, I really like him. But, you know, as far as talking to Osborne, he's one of my favorites all time because he did GNCC, you know, I love him because of that. And Anderson, I thought he was one and done to be mm. honest with you in Supercross, and he's come back and he's fast. He's solid. So, you know, uh, it's uh if we get coupon for the next week's show, I think that'd be great. I think well, it would be too. It'd be neat to match him up with JD Beach. Coming up, hour number two. Guests continue to roll in. Ricky Russell, Josh Strang, a couple regulars on the program. Hour number one, Brad Germans Germanski, Jake Johnson, and we start the program off. Jesse, are you ready? It's one of the legends. A man who can eat a peanut butter sandwich or a bologna sandwich with mustard on a hot day. I'm talking about Chris Carr. Chris, how are you, buddy? Oh, that's got to be the best introduction. <laughs> it's pretty much our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Pit Pass. Oh, wow. Mm, and I love bologna and mustard sandwiches. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Please don't speak for me again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what he's referencing? I, I totally know. Nobody would ever know this, but when we were at, it was the Indy Mile, I think, Scott and I were there, and you're you like, that or PR, and right? you're like, you're Chris Carr, right? And you're like, hey, what's? Up? And we're like, I'm like, no, just Scott, that's Chris Carr. Let's go talk to him. that's Chris Carr. So we go over there, and you're just like mashing your white bread sandwich, whatever it was, and you're like, hey, boys, <laughs> you know, and you're getting ready to go out there and and smoke everybody at the mile. It was, it's just, I know exactly what he's talking about. It's just funny. I'm sorry. It's pro- that was probably a peanut butter and jelly. You got to have it was. your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a peanut butter and jelly. You know yep. what I'm saying? A little bit of energy for the old guy. Well, I want to tell you, if if you need an introduction, as if you did, uh, you are a seven-time AMA champ, um, Grand National Champion. You, you developed and still control the foundation of the air fence brought over from Europe which has saved many lives. Um, world land speed record setter at Bonneville. Remember that? That was kind uh, of a... It's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you do a lot for kids racing. You're a, you're a frequent instructor at American Super Camp. Um, I know you're a dad, and uh, you've, you're 
you've turned your cell phone off to be a full-time honeydew husband right now, which I don't know if you got in trouble at home or what, but you're, she seems really happy with you when I, when I call, um, <laughs> um, you're one of my heroes and, and it's fun. Uh, I want to make the announcement now that Chris Carr is going to be racing in Davenport on August 30th at uh, it's a Friday and it's in conjunction with one of the largest vintage motorcycle swap meets in the United States. And it's at the Mississippi Valley fairgrounds in Davenport, Iowa. And uh, Chris Carr is going to be riding an Astro and I wouldn't bet on him to win, but I wouldn't bet against him to win because he's Chris Carr. But I think we're going to have some really good race in there. And uh, Chris, I, I got to say, I'm really excited to have you come and race with us. It's going to be cool. I'm excited to be there. Uh, you know, one one of the things that uh, kind of keeps me going is an opportunity to go to go to tracks that I've never ridden before. I mean, I've I've raced a lot of different tracks around the country, but I haven't raced a half mile at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Davenport before. So, uh, an opportunity to get on a, a vintage bull taco built by Chris Hawkins out of South Carolina. Uh, he, I've been riding his bikes off and on for the last oh, four or five years to get a chance to come out there and race against a bunch of other older guys on Bull Taco Astros, uh, part of the the big swap meet. Uh, should be uh, it's a it's a great way to start out Labor Day weekend for me. It should be a lot of fun. Is that Labor Day weekend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go from. So what the what the plan is is, it's what we did last year. Um, we'll all, we'll run the race on Friday night in Davenport and then we will take, we'll all ride our motorcycles over to Springfield and watch the mile. And it's going to be a double header this weekend. So it'll be Saturday racing at the mile and then Sunday racing at the mile. Isn't that right? Very cool. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, their, uh, Memorial day weekend race got, uh, got rained out and, uh, they postponed it to Labor Day weekend for a doubleheader. And as somebody who's uh, who's ridden the doubleheaders on Labor Day weekend before, um, the guys uh, chasing the championship are gonna are gonna be put to the test. Not only them, but the teams as well, because uh, Springfield's a pretty hard track on equipment. Sure. And uh, uh, it's you know easiest track to 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 ride, but it's the hardest race to win. And uh, um, Teams are going to be put to the test, uh, kind of like what they had to go through the last uh, last uh, couple weeks here. You know, uh, coming into Peoria this coming Saturday will be their fourth race in their third time zone in 13 days wow. or 14 days. So yeah, 13 days. That's crazy. And uh, that's not just uh, running ovals. They had the Buffalo Chip TT and the Rapid City Half Mile. They snuck out to Sacramento and. Uh, uh, had a makeup date for for that event that got rained out in May as well, and then uh, they're back in Peoria on Saturday. So uh, um, they're going to get a break <laughs> after this weekend for uh, catch their breath a little bit, but then they go at it pretty hot and heavy for the the next uh, five weekends. Chris, what do you think about? Uh, so you're you're going to be racing. When was the last time you really you would call it raced, as in a checkered flag type of situation, not just go show everybody you're still the man. Uh, when was the last time you got to do that? Uh, I think it was 2016. Uh, I rode a, a short track the night before uh, Peoria TT in Galesburg, Illinois, on Bull Tacos. Um, uh, and prior to that, you know, obviously I did a couple of the Clash of the Titans with uh, with Springsteen out in Sacramento. 
Um, but, you know, racing for a checkered flag, uh, having fun. At my age, at 52, uh, bull tacos are my, the perfect speed for me <laughs> nowadays. And uh, it's it's fun to go out there with some of the old guys that, that I used to race against and some that I haven't and uh, go around in circles. And at least on a big half mile, we won't get too dizzy. Yeah, and you guys run them pretty much flat out. I mean, are they capable of flat out all the way around, or do you have to you have to let off a bit in the uh, at entry? Well, I would say at uh, we'll be letting off a little bit, you know, <laughs> going into the corners at uh, at, at Davenport. Uh, I've, I've looked at the track, and it's a it's one of those older style tracks, which are full half miles, unlike the stuff that's been built in the last twenty five or thirty years, where everything's uh, you know a, a quarter mile on steroids. Um, this is a true old school, um, full nice. half mile where we're probably actually going to be going about five eighths of a mile on the racing line. So, uh, it's, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be doing a lot for, uh, a lot. We're going to be uh, stretching them bull tacos, uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty tight. We're talking to Chris Carr, big time national star. And of course, uh, land speed record holder. He'll be making an appearance and competing in Davenport, Iowa on the 30th. Uh, you might want to get there early to get an autograph from Chris. Uh, bring whatever you got, man, because I tell you what, dude does not shy away from fans. <laughs> I did get to see, Tony, and I appreciate you showing this to me, but the poster for the event, the event poster, it has a uh, staggered start. First of all, they put car at the very back, and then <laughs> and then, and then they have car and, and many others are in cut-off jean shorts. So... <laughs> Uh, that to open, me that open spells face racing in Davenport. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're having a, for the halftime show. We're having uh, uh, pull start mini bike races. You have to wear an open face helmet in, or uh, it's put on. Uh, it's organized by my buddy Black. We call him Black. He's his name's Ryan, and he's Black, and he goes by Black because I think he's our only Black friend. But um, it uh, it's we are bordering on racism here. I'm not racist at all. I'm just that's I'm speaking truth. That's what he goes by, and he's hilarious. And he's got a bunch of those pull. He has twenty of those Shut pieces up. of it's, junk. It's awesome. And I fully expect like tib fib femur type situations <laughs> going on at the halftime. It's I can't wait. And no it, and suspension on any of them. I said he goes. Uh, can we promote this? I said sure, Ryan. Let's do it. And so he's like. He goes, can we call it Black's Pole Start Mini Bike Race? And I go, I don't think we can put Black on the poster. And he goes, let's just call Ryan. And I go, I'm in. So we do it. This is true, Scott. I'm, so it's hilarious, right? And he's such a good kid, you know? Uh, so, well, he's something anyway. He's, so you got him on the show next week. So anyway, he, uh, so I said, send me a picture so I can put you on a poster. He, he's, I, he didn't have one with a, pic, with a helmet on. I'm like, you got to put a helmet on. And he goes, I've never worn a helmet. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's a dangerous human. He came to one of my parties and he, he grabbed skateboards to that were nearly broken and, and started doing amazing and he's stuff good. on a really, really, really good, good skater. Yeah, really yeah. good skater. Yeah, he can skateboard. So now you're gonna be able to make some adjustments, Chris, to your pull start. What will they be <laughs> from the very beginning? What will what what will be your option plays? Can I wear a full face helmet and just lift my shield up? Yes. 
It's probably, probably for the best. It's a form probably of, for the best. Half of those things, I didn't think. I would probably uh, fill the tires with as much air as I could <laughs> just to keep the rolling resistance down. Just don't strap your helmet. That's just, that just doesn't seem right. You wouldn't want to, you know, you wouldn't want that thing to be, to work properly if you actually hit the ground. So, and uh, I think half of those things have it like. It sounds to me like, uh, like your friend Ryan has uh, the makings for a. Uh, a uh, 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 hooligans light uh, spec class that traveled the circuit with uh, Roland Sands. He totally. You know what? If he and Roland got together, it way. would be dangerous. But they'll rub mini bike classes. The next best thing, and you can oh, put wow. twenty of them in a trailer. Yes. Like all it takes is one trailer, and their spec class. They're all there. Yes, it's uh, and it's like it's this weird cult thing that he started. I think, and maybe that's going around. I don't know, but he's like totally. He's got all these idiots around Des Moines. That have these pull start mini bikes, and we bikes. mean that in a loving way. <laughs> yeah. And when I say idiots, I just mean dumb people. Yeah, most of us. <laughs> most and, of us. <laughs> yeah, because I want to be in on it. Uh, me too. I can't believe I don't have one yet. Yep. So yeah, it's fun. It's going to be a good time, Chris, in Davenport. I look forward to it. And, you know, like I said, uh, being able to ride the, you know, an iconic uh, flat track bike that many of the guys that I uh, grew up racing against at the pro level got their starts on the on the Boltaco Astros and uh, be able to go out and ride them on a half mile and, and stretch our legs a little bit should be a lot of fun. How many guys are going to be out there in that class, Tony, or Scott, whoever, uh, Chris, I'm sorry, who might know? I'm hearing about 15 to 18. Okay. That's a and, full uh, class. Pardon me? It's a that, full class. Yeah. yeah, it's a full class. Yeah, yeah, full class. Uh I know uh, for a fact that uh, Davey Durrell is going to be there. I'm not sure some of the other guys, but Davey Durrell won the Bull Taco Astro Invitational at the, at the Atlanta Short Track um, at the AFT event there back in April, and uh, he'll he'll be tough to beat. I think uh, he's going to be really tough to beat. I think Davey Durrell is a wheeler on that little bike. I think he's yeah, going to be real uh, good. You know, you put him side by side uh, with Shana Texter, and uh, um, there's not a whole lot of difference in stature. Right, that's for sure. And yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be tough on a little two stroke to go out there and chase down. But I'm gonna give it my all. You better uh, you better lay off the peanut butter and jellies between now and then, right? Got a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I I. I, I Put out a bunch of resumes to uh, Slim Fast, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jenny Craig, and uh, you name it for some some sponsorship one, uh, one-off event sponsorship for this event, but it didn't quite come through. But I'm going to come in as lean as I possibly can. <laughs> well, like like <laughs> many was, former pro yeah. football players, uh, now you're being endorsed by Skechers, <laughs> so you've got yeah. the the comfort <laughs> and looking for a good dietary <laughs> regimen. <laughs> This has been an absolutely pointless interview. You bet. Um, anyway, <laughs> nailed it. Okay, uh, Chris, where can they find you online? So, uh, oh, we're, we're keeping him. We're keeping him through oh, the break. Oh, right, through both uh, Jake and uh, Brad in case they run out of words. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Chris, do me a favor. Stand by. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Pit Pass, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. By the way, highly creative, great production value podcast. You'll find it at evergreenpodcast.com. Our producers tonight, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, Tommy Boy Halverson, and Chris Bishop, our contributors in studio, PJ Duran, Tony Wink, yours truly, Scott Casper, and of course, Eddie Kunekamp in our studios in Advanced North Carolina. Very special guest, Jesse Dust, is in the studio as well. Out of the great state of Arkansas. Stand by and back more after this. It's Pit Pass. 
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter-weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, Gloves and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daily Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the Daily Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Josh Hayes, AMA Superbike Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back. Enjoying the music. Uh, beautiful, beautiful summer day here in Central Iowa, the home of our broadcast, a flagship station of our podcasting network for Pit Pass. Uh, Tony Wank in studio. Uh, great guest. We're talking a bit about poll starting, but also the primary topic of hour number one 
And besides uh, our super, super special guest, Mr. Christopher Carr, is that uh, we're going to have a flat track race coming up here, Tony. And it, and it features some names, including our next guest. Yeah, well, uh, Chris Carr is going to be racing there. And then, uh, of course, we've got up next is Jake Johnson, who is a – he's been – I don't know if he's one of my favorites. I think he's been one of my favorites. I've always really followed Jake Johnson because, and he knows this, he was on a Suzuki poster 100 years ago um, at a bike shop where I used to hang out at. And um, he uh, turned into be a really, really good – AFT Twins class racer and uh, his best finish of second place at the Buffalo Chip TT was uh, recently. So nice, it's a good time to have him on. So we bring him on. Well, we welcome Chris Carr back, and uh, now Jake Johnson joins the field as well. Uh, Chris, your vantage point, given your age of fifty-two years old, okay, tell us what you see in Jake Johnson. What makes Jake a great rider? Well, I think. Uh Jake's strength is that he is effortless on the motorcycle. When he's going around the racetrack, um, he doesn't. It doesn't look like he's fighting the motorcycle. I'm sure he'd probably correct me in that. But <laughs> when things are going good for Jake Johnson, he looks like he's going really slow. And as the slower he looks on the bike, the further he puts the uh, riders chasing him behind. And um, I think if anything, uh, if, if, uh, Jake, uh, Jake just uh, knows how to relax on a motorcycle, and uh, I think that's a, a, a key thing in uh, letting the bike kind of do its thing and uh, pointing it in the right direction when the time is right. And I, I think that's been his strength his whole career. You know, he's a he's a two-time Grand National champion, and uh, uh, the years he was uh, winning his titles. Um, he made it look effortless. And that makes, uh, Jake, you made it look easy, brother. I got to tell you, I agree with Chris. There are times, there are races, there are laps, events, where you just look in a comfort zone that nobody can disrupt. Where does it come from? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate those those words, Chris. Uh, but, man, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you know, the, I'm 35 years old now, and it gets a lot harder, <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, and won't get no. any easier either. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm noticing that. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean that's, uh, yeah, I mean that's been my thing, you know, like just being comfortable, um, you know. And I've been fortunate to be comfortable more than I'm uncomfortable, um, you know. But, uh, but yeah, the, the older I get, the the less those days come, and uh, you know, you gotta, you know, it, it's something I'm, I'm learning a little bit later in my career is to. How to how to ride a little bit out of my comfort zone without uh, you know without hurting myself because uh, at a younger age I can remember a handful of times I've I've ridden above my comfort zone and uh, you know I've ended up in the, in the ambulance afterwards so uh, just uh, trying to find that balance uh, is uh, is pretty tough. Jake, you've uh, you guys have been traveling a fair bit here lately and and uh, the series has been. I mean, I guess it depends on how's it, how it's going, but it seems like the travel alone would be pretty taxing. How's it going for you? I know you're, what, like eighth in points right now. I know your best finish was at the Buffalo Chip. But just kind of, if you will, just kind of reflect on the season and and talk about uh, how it's going for you this year. Ah, uh, man, I mean, it's been it's been a roller coaster, really. Um, you know, back with my, my second year with Essence and Racing, um, you know, but it's, 
it's kind of a new team, a new deal. Um, you know, last year we kind of floated around with Yamahas and Indians, and uh, this year, you know, we committed full-time to the Yamaha and uh, went to Daytona, finished on the podium, and, you know, thought, man, this is this is going to be good, and uh, got into the half miles and struggled, uh, you know, got back into some short tracks and TTs and, and you know, was running back up front again. Uh, I think uh, finished third at the Pony of short track and, uh, you know, second at Buffalo Chip, uh, you know, could have, should have, would have, you know, won it. But, um, but yeah, then, then back to Rapid City and Sacramento and, you know, kind of back, uh, back on the struggle bus. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's been a been an up and down year, you know. Some of the PTs and short tracks, you know, we're we're right there, right in the hunt. Just uh, you know, you, you would think uh, you think going in circles would be a lot easier than left, right, and over jumps, but we got that we got that nailed down pretty good. Just uh, just got to get that thing working a little better on the ovals, and uh, you know, just uh, try not to uh, try not to beat myself up too bad when when we got a bad weekend. Jake, what a what would you attribute it to? I mean, clearly, I think as an outsider looking in, uh, the Yamaha looks light, agile, and that probably plays well on the tighter tracks slash TTs. Where, where is it that you feel like, uh, I'm sure through practice and qualifying and everything else, you're finding where uh, the other guys maybe are getting a gap on you? Are we talking coming off the corners, mid-corner? It sure doesn't seem like it's straightaway speed, but I could be missing something. No, no. I mean, straightaway speed, we're 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 pretty darn good. But uh, I think the struggle now is just you know just getting that power to the ground. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is this is something I learned from. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was from Chris years ago. It's like you know we got 100 horsepower motorcycles with a with a 60 horsepower tire. So trying to uh, trying to manage all that is is pretty tough. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the thing, you know, we got a brand new chassis this year. Um, you know, the, the motor itself has been around for a few years. Um, you know, so there's still some fine tuning to be done with that, but, uh, yeah, just trying to, trying to get that whole combination together right now. Um, you know, it's still in the, in the development stages. So it's, a you know, a lot of, uh, you know, take one step forward and take, then, then take two steps back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've been through it before, you know, helped develop, you know, been part of the, the Suzuki program and, and the Harley program. So I've been on a lot of, a lot of new motorcycles and, uh, you know, in this sport, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So, um, you know, just got to find the positives and, uh, you know, keep working to, to, to try to get better. Jake, I gotta, I gotta ask you. You know, you look back to 2018. Uh, you passed Jared Meese. You were riding uh, the Stenson Racing Indian at the Buffalo Chip, and you went on to win. This year, you got out front early, and if if that thing hadn't coughed along on coming off a turn, uh, the last turn or the last lap, you would have won two in a row fairly easily. With your results uh, so far this year on on the TTs and and uh, the fact that you got uh, you won Buffalo Chip on an Indian, is it fair to say that for you the Yamaha is is a, a better TT bike uh, with you at the controls than the Indian was last year? Uh, I would say. I mean, 
It's hard to say. I mean, obviously that that's that's been our strong point. Um, you know, and you know, I feel like I've been a, a, a decent TT rider most of my career and uh you know, so the bike is is really good on TTs. Um and I think on TTs I I mean riding these twins, hundred horsepower, three hundred and twenty something pounds, I, I kinda think they're they're all hard to ride. <laughs> so I think it's uh I kind of like to think it evens the playing field a little bit and, uh, and you know, it, you know, who, who can ride it best, I, I think comes out. I think, you know, the, the setup and, and things like that aren't as, as critical. Um, but then again, I mean, obviously we do have a great bike. I mean, you know, obviously JD has been showing that also, um, you know, he's got two TT wins this year, uh, you know, could have, could have, should have, probably was going to win Daytona also, um, you know, had a little hiccup in a semi, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we, we do have a good TT bike. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, I think they're, they're all pretty hard to ride. Um, you know, I, I enjoy riding motocross and like jumping, but man, every TT we go to, no matter, no matter what twin I'm on, every time I come to that jump, I go, man, not again. <laughs> so it's uh you know it's definitely tough but uh but yeah i mean I, you know i think we have a have a pretty good pretty good platform for for the tt i don't think people like us that aren't racing that series or on those motorcycles they don't realize how hard it is to lose leave the ground on the motorcycles it's uh they they don't they're not designed to do that and it's uh with the you know with the suspension set up and and it's I've seen some seriously scary swaps at TT races where you're just like, that guy's dead. And then they just ride it out, (laughs) you know, and you're like, "Ah." and then the next lap they do it again. And you're like, Oh, how many, how much, how How many near fatal incidents do we get to watch this race? Like these guys have more guts than any of us or, you know, cause there's no chance we're going to, we're going to huck that thing every single lap. So I, I commend you boys. It's, uh, it can't be fun, and uh, if it is, well, you got bigger guts than us, which we know that anyway. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's fun, but uh, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, what was it the last last lap of my semi at Buffalo Chip uh, took the lead the lap before, and it was the first lap I had, you know, basically to myself over the jump. I'm like, all right, last lap, I'm gonna I'm gonna test my limits here a little bit, and got all out of sorts. But, you know, did a big old air wheelie and slammed down and uh, set set my airbag off in my, my Dionysi suit, uh, landed so hard. <laughs> that <laughs> had, cannot had to, had be fun. <laughs> yeah, I had to ride the whole last lap like the Michelin man. Oh, uh, uh, you're the Stay yeah, Puff man just, riding around there. Yeah, that just shows you how uh, how hard them things hit sometimes if you, if you don't get it perfect, you know. Do you get to uh, give Dionysi some feedback on that as to uh... – uh, maybe the TT setting, we need to increase the the G load just a hair. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about that a little bit. I think uh, I think they, you know, the suits are so advanced, it's crazy. You know, they, I, I can't even elaborate what, what's going on, but they plug the suit in and and download all the data, and it shows you know speed and you know all the, you know everything that's that you're doing on the bike. And, oh wow, that's uh, cool. Know, so, yeah, so actually after Buffalo Chip, um, you know, a couple of the guys from Dionysia were there. So they're downloading the suit and playing it along with the with the video footage. And, you know, it just shows, uh, 
you know, how much is going into this now and, you know, trying to trying to keep us knucklehead safe. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive what they can do with the suits and uh gosh, I suppose there's probably getting to be enough empirical data now. It'll be an interesting it'll be interesting when they let their numbers out as to, you know, how many fewer collarbone issues, uh, you know, shoulder issues that were that are a result of the airbag suit era. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That was my goal this year was to not use it. You know, I wanted to. <laughs> I told myself <laughs> I, I kind of jinxed myself that morning, and I was telling somebody because I was still running the same suit that I that I wore in Daytona. I had a brand new one sitting in the truck, and hey, I, you know, I don't want to use it, and uh, you know, set it off with you know, landed so hard, didn't even crash, but set the thing off. But uh, it, it definitely makes you feel good, though. Uh, you know, if if you throw one of them things down at, you know, a buffalo chip over the jump or 130 mile an hour at a mile, um, you know, just out of that extra protection, you know, especially, especially at my age, you know, makes, makes me feel a lot better. So. Well, awesome, Jake. Well, uh, we're not going to make Peoria, but we'll see you at the Springfield mile. Right. And then, um, yeah, we, uh, we'll Bring some autographs, stickers, and patches. Yeah, I need stickers. We're going to need stickers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of stickers. Maybe, what are we talking about, Scott? Jake Johnson stickers, Chris Carr stickers. <laughs> you got- <laughs> I don't know. I, I I heard at the beginning of the show that, you know, I wasn't sure if I was your, your favorite rider anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he, he runs know, off at the mouth happened. a lot. Well, <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm fond of you. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm like in that special way. You are in eighth place. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, no, it'll be awesome to uh, run into you guys at at Springfield, and and then we've got Chris is going to be racing in Davenport. I'm really excited for that. You, what do you think of Chris Carr racing the Poltaco Astro on the half mile in Davenport? Man, that's. Uh... He's going to have to Poor Astro. straightaways, I think. <laughs> Poor bike. <laughs> that's, a long, that's a long way around on an Astro. But, uh, but no, it's, it sounds like fun. I think it would probably be like uh, like riding a 600 on a mile, probably. One of those things on a half mile. Screaming. Get, I was thinking an XR100 on a quarter mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Full tuck the whole way around, not even, not even letting off. Wow. And that's something to aspire to, I suppose, right? Just, just pulling the choke every once in a while so it doesn't explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give yeah. it a break. Yep. She's a high whiner. Um, well, our, it is an old two-stroke, so believe me, there won't be a full talk because the hand will be near the clutch, just in case. <laughs> uh, all right, fellas, commercial time, commercial break. Plus, we have to do a special salute to uh, a very uh, fine young man that uh, we lost um august 12th i do believe so we will do that after we let jake joe uh jake go jake thank you much any sponsors you want to recognize uh yeah i mean just uh Estenson racing obviously uh monster energy yamaha racing yamalube uh awry helmets dineasy leathers cd boots five gloves uh and yeah i mean i could go on for days but uh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people behind us that make this happen, so gotta gotta thank them. Team effort, baby. Team effort. Jack, start him up if you will. We'll send Jake into the pits. Chris Carr hangs around. Uh, Brad Jerminski is up next, so stay tuned for that. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple to ride electric start TW200 to the nimble lightweight XT250 to the racing derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride, it's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, it's Ron Sipes. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, let's go to the Internet for some sad news. Our friends at Racer X have posted the following story out of Morgantown, West Virginia. They did so August 12th. MX Sports Pro Racing is sad to report the tragic loss of AMA Pro Motocross racer Jonathan Mazik of Murrell's Inlet, South Carolina. The 20-year-old racer died as a result of injuries sustained. It was last Friday night before the Unadilla uh, National in New Berlin, New York, when he was struck by a vehicle while crossing the road in front of the paddock on Route 8. State police charged 31-year-old man while operating under the influence, drug-impaired, and also with vehicular assault. More charges are expected as a result of Jonathan's death. 
Jonathan first competed on a national stage back in 2006 when he earned a gate at the 2006 AMA Amateur National Motocross Championships at Loretta Lynn's in the 51cc age 4 to 6 class and again in 2015 in the Open Pro Sport. In 2016, he elevated his career again, earning a professional motocross license and was assigned the number 210. This year, the 210 competed at the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship in not one but four events in the 250 class, including the inaugural Florida National and historic Southwick National making the Fast 40 in both. We wish him, his family, our friends at Racer X as well. Uh, all of our, our thoughts and prayers. We don't want to lose any one of our racers, our riders, fans, promoters, any one of our family. And he will be in our thoughts. So there we go. All right, Tony, next guest, please. Yeah, so um, this guy, Brad Jeraminski, I met him. I've met him a few times, but uh, he he has Club 57 MX training. And uh, you can find him on Instagram at Club 57 MX, Club 57 on Facebook. Uh, he has a bit of some news that we uh, I thought it'd be fun to break right here on the show on Pit Pass. But Brad helped me down at Loretta Lynn's. Um, my starts have been off lately, and I don't know how you get to be 42 and have all of a sudden your starts suck. But uh, so they did, and uh, I started, you know, we've I finished eighth in the uh in at loretta's overall in my class but uh started 19th the first moto around the first year and second moto i was like 30th and then after working with brad for maybe 20 minutes um i started like fifth and it was just incredible and i thought man and then so brad's got some some uh some news to talk about so i welcome you brad to pit pass yeah, I, thanks, I think it's your first time you've been on isn't it yeah, yeah. This is my uh, this is my first go around. So uh, we we want to talk about it, uh, Club Fifty Seven. Talk about what that is, and also I want to say we have Chris Carr, uh, flat track legend, on Chris Carr, and, and uh, I thought it might be interesting to have him on, and and maybe he can, you know, he's he's been around and, and done a lot. Of, he's he oh uh, yeah yeah he yeah. Uh, is also a an avid uh, a, an often trainer um, for kids and that kind of thing. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting sure. to see if he'd hang out with us, but. Kind of explain what Club 57 is, if you will. So the, the backstory to uh, what you were talking about prior to Loretta's, um, we had an arrangement, right, that if you pulled a whole shot, uh, that I was going to be endorsed the whole shot check. Red, so, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, that one went up in flames. But we'll take a fifth place. So that was, uh, I guess, we'll, we'll have small increment victories, right? So I'm uh, originally located, uh, originally from northern Illinois. So I'm not, uh, you know, that whole, that whole barbaric winter and uh, hot summer I've been uh, accustomed to. Hey so, Brad, uh, Brad, do me a favor. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna yeah. uh, we're gonna do our best to hang up and reconnect with you. See if we can't get a a better uh, better connection with you, so the fans can clearly understand. Sure, you. Okay, thank you. Uh, we are talking with Chris Carr. This portion of our program brought to you by our friends at Wiseco. Wiseco Performance Products. Look for them on a dealer's shelf or behind the counter. Wiseco always there for you. They've been there for years, and they will be in the future as well. Wiseco Forge Connecting Rods, Clank Crankshaft clutch hubs uh clutch baskets how about that one uh outboard marine automobiles pwc snowmobile atvs and motorcycles all need the gear right they all need the parts that wiseco makes so for one name one solution visit wiseco.com and if your dealer isn't carrying wiseco products say shame on you please bring in wiseco 
Right, Tony? All right. So yeah. Simple taco Astro Pistons. Yeah, we got a few of them over there in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have Brad back? I'm back. Can you hear me? Oh, hey, much better. so much better. Thank much you. Better. What the hell? I know. <laughs> you were on so, the soup can phone. No, man. I'm on this high-tech new Apple phone, right? It's screwing me. Well, keeping all that in mind and the fact that we are <laughs> on radio, um, we'll just try to keep the language uh, where we need it to be. <laughs> Uh, sure. Squaring right down the middle. Tee it up high and let her fly. So, uh, you, you, so you were talking about uh, how my starts. You've you've and and I and I really pre- by the way, thank you for helping me with that. That was a big deal. No, it was a lot of fun. Um, you're from Northern Illinois. You're talking about, and uh, I know you work with a lot of. I know because I saw you're showing videos of of some really high profile racers in your phone of starts while we were down there on technique and that kind of thing. So you, I know you know what you're talking about. Well, you know, I, I appreciate it, but it was a, uh, you know, it was a, it was a simple fix, right? We just adjusted a lot of where you were sitting on the bike and some throttle position, and and uh, away we went. And I'm going to take it over to Chris Carr just for a minute, Chris. It's, and I, and I believe I've heard you say this before, but it's small adjustments can make big changes, not just for the rider, uh, but for the race itself. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I, I would agree a hundred percent. You know, the the reality of all these motorcycles that that we uh, are fortunate to race, you know, they're they're built by some really smart people, and uh, uh, the human um, once he gets on top of it can really ruin all that great engineering that went into him, and. Uh, to me, uh, you know, the rider has the biggest input into making a bike go around the racetrack. Yeah, you can have the best suspension tuners and this and that, and they can certainly make a ride a rider's uh, job easier. But in the end, uh, some of the you know wrong move at the wrong time, and um, the bike all of a sudden quit, quits handling. But I I would <clears throat> be willing to bet that the first tip that you got, Tony, was to let the clutch out quicker than the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seem obvious, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd think so. Right. I was cowboying right. the clutch a little bit, Brad. A, a little bit. I mean, we were the typical, well, you know, what, what I mentioned to Tony is, you know, it, it was like he was listening to an A-track, um, you know, from the 1970s. Like we were just trying to, trying to pin it <laughs> instead of feed the power. Yeah. It's weird that you would bring up A-Track because I was bringing up that today with somebody else. I remember going over railroad tracks, and instead of listening to uh, Steppenwolf uh, track one, I'm listening to Steppenwolf tracks two, four, and six all at the same time. So what what starts first? And Chris, we'll beg off you for a minute and go to Brad. What starts first, solid suspension or what? Talking to me? Brad, are you there? Uh, Brad. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Sure. Okay. So what's the first thing a, a, a good writer uh, should be addressing, suspension or what? Well, um, it kind of goes hand-in-hand with what they're trying to achieve, right? So uh, I would say the first thing would be uh, an adjusted suspension, you know, just having the sag uh, adjusted correctly and, and dealing with the, the suspension that comes from the showroom is, is damn good. Um, that I don't, I don't think that, uh, that I find that a lot of people just ride with it out of tune to begin with. Uh, and that starts uh, the caveat of, uh, of issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And there are a lot of things, Tony, that you, sir, would like to do differently in order to move up on the box, right? <laughs> well, that's what we're gonna, that's what we're talking about with with Brad. Brad, you've you've got a, an announcement that uh, you are moving your operation. I know it's based in Florida, but you've got a pretty darn nice facility that you're moving to. <laughs> Yeah, so I was, uh, we'll call it dumb luck, right? I'd rather be lucky than good any day of the week. And, uh, and this opportunity kind of presented itself where I've, uh, I've been given the green light to turn WW Ranch into a training facility. So in addition to their national and select races, uh, we'll be out there training on the 700-plus acres. So it's, uh, it's quite exciting. Man, that's a big deal. And, and we just had the first national there. Um, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of attention on that track down there. Um, I, I think, uh, you, you may, you may have a flood of riders. I don't know how many riders well, you can handle, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I cap it at 12. So, uh, you know, my program won't, uh, it's not about numbers. It's about, it's about strategically getting these guys to achieve their goals, right? So everybody's a little bit different, and that's fine. I don't need, I'm not looking for uh, necessarily the next Ricky Carmichael, but if they want to, if they want to turn into that, then let's work towards it. All right. uh, you know, my, my program is based on, you know, 12 hardworking uh, young men you know, that are going to put in the work. And, and now that we've got the, the crew at WW behind us, uh, we have every tool or, or um, you know, advantage uh, that we need to, to create a world-class facility. That's what it takes. Chris Carr, we're going to let you go, my friend. You held on. You're very kind to do an hour with us on this particular program. I, sir, am looking forward to having a PB&J with you in uh, in the, I'm sure, 87, 88-degree heat that will be Davenport on the 30th of the month. But I'm looking forward to seeing you do what you do uh, best. And at 52 years old, it seems like it's only getting sweeter. Thanks. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Had a great time. Appreciate it. Chris Carr, everybody. One of the best. Uh, Bradley, I know that um, this is a, a a part of, I mean, you said you're 30 what now? Uh, I'm actually 44. Hmm. What did I, hmm. how was I hearing that? Well, yeah. I've been training for you know, about 20 years, so maybe uh, you split the difference. I see. So you're, you're uh, <clears throat> down at, you say you only handle 12 guys. Correct. Can you tell me what the program is going to look like? We kind of talked about sure. it a little bit on the phone, but I mean, so so what's a typical week? You, you get the, and what is your typical customer? I assume he's a forty-two-year-old uh, family man uh, looking to <laughs> with a racetrack with a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, okay, maybe no. not. So it, it's not about it's not about a target demographic, right? I mean, we start with. You know, people that are looking to be mentored, people that are looking to be coached and trained in a in more of a one on one feel. And and that's my and that's my, my hook, so to speak, right? Is I, I'm in charge of, you know, the on the bike training, I'm in charge of their lap time reduction, I'm in charge of their fitness, their diet. So everything kind of comes and, and goes through me. So with that magic number of twelve that's all I can handle. If I, you know, if I start stacking on more guys, I got to stack on more staff, and then I kind of lose touch with with who's doing what and how they feel and recovery days and and vice versa. So the the magic number for me to have a successful program is is twelve. Yeah. 
And the facility that you have there at WW Ranch, I know there's like some 700 acres and stuff, so maybe a little woods, maybe a little whatever kind of cross-training. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Is there a gym there, or what do you do? Yeah, so we've got a uh, you know a typical day for us. Um, like, for instance, today, we'll, we'll just take it right from the top. It, it, it's warm down here, right? So we're still in the upper 90s with high humidity. Uh, so the day starts at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll start with some turn track and work on, you know, today, today's objective was, was believe it or not, no clutch, no brake moto. So we really worked on opening the turns and, and try to carry as much momentum to the turns as possible without, you know, interrupting the braking, the corner sequence with the brakes. So it was very technique orientated based on, you know, improving corner speed. So we did that until about, uh, until about two o'clock and then at the WWM. I've got a air conditioned indoor gym, which is which is quite a relief <laughs> when you're out in the sun all day. Uh, so we uh, we ground out a uh, more of a high intensity uh, workout with a little bit of strength mixed in, and uh, we were out of there by four o'clock. Yeah. So tomorrow will be uh, will be a little bit uh, building off of what we worked on today, maybe with some uh, some throttle points in the corners and such. Uh, but it's always in the gym, and you know it's a, it's a four day week program. So we go uh, Monday through Thursday. Friday's a rest day, and then I, I make the guys go race on the weekends. And if if I was ridiculous enough to say, hey, I'm going to go spend two months with you or something like that this winter, and I said, hey, I don't want to ride like a vet rider. And let's say I came to you, and I was I came correct. I was I was fit as I could get between the end of state fair corn dog season and uh, season. early July or January January um, what uh, like uh, jumping scrubbing that kind of thing is that something you can teach or is that something you just have to definitely right so you know as, as the motorcycles evolve so do the techniques you know and, and the technique evolves and changes based on what what the top riders are doing and anybody who is at Loretta Lynn uh, could say that the future of the sport is that the Jet Lawrence kid and his technique and his form and his body position is as uh, is really going to revolutionize the sport. Look for him um, online at Club Fifty Seven on Facebook, also Club Fifty Seven MX on Instagram. I'm sure if you just Google search it, you're going to find a whole lot of stuff, including YouTube. Hey, thank you so much. We had to interrupt. Heading to the top of the hour. Appreciate the time. Sure thing. Thank you. All right, buddy. We'll do it again before January. I promise you that, okay? Got a box of corn dogs in the mail to that man right there. All right. Uh, stay tuned. Hour number two of the show's coming up. Maybe Jesse will talk next hour. We'll see. Josh Strang, Ricky Russell, and news as the show continues. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or racing 
recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. Hour number two of the big program. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. Look for us online, a bunch of different kinds of shows, including lifestyle programming. Our network features entertaining programs, highly creative and highly produ- highly produced values and quality. I didn't write this, Jack, did you? Because I'm having a hard time. Anyway, I um, want to thank Jack and Lee and DeLeon, our producers here on the program, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, for contributing, as always. In studio, PJ Duran, Tony Wink, yours truly, Scooter Casper, and Eddie Kulenkamp in our studios in advance, North Carolina. Our special in-studio guest, J.D. Dust. Yes. How cl- De- Dest. I'm having. I'm, listen, if I can screw up, what happened? Je- Jesse Smellett for uh, six years. <laughs> what? Anyway, somebody was in the news every two minutes not that long ago. All right. Do want to thank our number one guests, uh, and we'll thank them individually: Chris Carr, Jake Johnson, and Brad Jaminski, who will be training. I want to be clear of this because we kind of had to rush the close. Uh, he's going to be training a bunch of guys, 12, in, in fact, for each, each. Uh, what, what would they call that? A seminar, a, a uh, session? Uh, it's a training facility. Club 57 is, is his gig that he's done, and he's moving it to WW Ranch, which is where they had the new Outdoor National this year in, in Florida. So it's a big deal for, for that facility, and it's a big deal for Brad because he is now at an Outdoor National. It's it's a 100% multi-million dollar facility. Would you consider it an option or a necessity, PJ Duran, to wear a sidearm uh, while uh, <laughs> on property? Because quite frankly, alligators, Florida is known for them. Big, big raccoons, uh, choppers, whole different kinds of animals. I think, I think riding a 450 or even a 250 probably going to be enough to uh, handle any of the Local flora and fauna. Also, stay puff marshmallows. <laughs> you can throw them out, and they'll be more interested in marshmallows than you. 
<laughs> Which may be why they keep coming around. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Our guests in hour number two include Ricky Russell. We do have an open segment. Uh, by the way, J.D. Beach on next week and, uh, and a rash of other great guests. We're going to be talking more about uh, the Davenport uh, Vintage Race coming up August 30th. Uh, we'll be there. It's going to be a lot of fun, as it always is. But Chris Carr will be obviously the star of that particular event. If you want a definition of PB&J, go to the Urban Dictionary for a uh, accurate description of P and J. Josh Strang joins us. He starts the hour off. Josh, how are you? Not too bad, boys. How are you guys doing? Well, I did. I had never seen the Urban Dictionary description of PB and J, and I don't know that I want to ever again. Oh boy! But uh, it surely uh, took me off the rails just prior to starting hour number two. Anyway, I, what, was, I was just thinking. Of, I heard you boys talking about Florida and being scared of gators and snakes. You just need a couple of Aussies down there. To, yeah. yeah cook them up for us mm, ain't nothing uh, yeah. like, like gator meat and drying skins to make your own do boots. you ra- do you wrestle them josh strang no, do you wrestle them people in texas only people in texas wrestle things well, I, we were, it's not natural we were, to, to, we, we were just tie them up and and uh and crack their necks Tie them up and crack their necks. I was translating for you, for you, for the rest yeah. of us here. Writing checks, and yeah. writing checks, and this and snapping whatever uh, necks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so Josh, uh, <laughs> how's it going this year in the GNCC? How's that Kawasaki running? Um, and then also in the uh, full gas enduro sprints. Yeah, well, um, at the moment we've been on a bit of a break from GNCC, so uh, um, so one the Kawasaki is good, man. Um, I would, I mean, obviously anyone who gets paid by a manufacturer, they're going to they're gonna claim the bike is good, but, uh, I really believe the bike is good. Uh, and I spent a bunch of time on it stock and, um, from what I understand my setting, my suspension settings and, and what we've done to the bike are really not very far from stock. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, anyone who wants to, to go and buy a Kawasaki, they can have have a great bike straight out of the bike out of the box i mean i'm pumped with it uh um so far the year's been pretty good for me so uh, uh a couple of good a couple of good races at the gncc and then a bunch of podiums at the full gas and uh, uh it's been good it could always be better um but i mean it's i'm racing some fast guys so it's uh definitely been difficult how's denny and the boys everybody uh denny bart you're talking about yeah denny bart has he uh has he been hitting any of the races yeah actually he missed the last couple uh last couple of gncc's but he'd been to all of them up until the last two i think and uh it's been good i think it honestly i don't know did he listen to the show of course he does sure he does it's uh i think it was a bit of an eye-opener for him honestly um the switch from arena cross to not just gncc but off-road in general like uh the first race he came to was a full gas. So, uh, as far as bike wear and that sort of stuff, the full gas isn't real, really tough or shouldn't really be tough on the bikes. But I think, uh, both Jordan and myself, for whatever reason, the first round we in the first, uh, four special tests, I think we burnt two sets of, uh, two sets of brake pads each and cracked a disc each, I think, at the first round. And really? Wow. Was, yeah. He was shocked that, that we can do that much damage in, <laughs> that's a little time so uh which i think was good um it was good for him to come and check it out and see what how it all works i mean the arena cross i mean for the most part they're inside and and uh and the bikes don't de- get dirty but man out 
like June to see, they just blocks a blocks a hammock by the time you leave the track on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a ton of time on them bikes, and then even in the sprint enduros, you just you guys are hammering them things so hard. Um, it, it's uh, anybody that rides at your level at an outdoor or even rougher at a, an off road is going to be hard on stuff. But I am surprised to hear you broke brake discs. Yeah, that's impressive. That's that a is lot of heat. Of, that's yeah, a lot of heat. Uh, yeah, so what was the first? Well, we'd still, uh, like, we the first, at the start of the year, I think that was, like, first weekend in February. So we'd only been on the bikes for about a month. So we still hadn't, we still hadn't um, put much time onto them. So we hadn't got everything set up. And since then, um, there have been no more, no more cracking discs. And I think also since then we've had, um, we had some testing time with Pro Circuit. So we got our, suspension more dialed in i think that helps a lot with uh brake drag is when you feel comfortable on the bike you get off the brakes a little more yeah for sure i, uh, I and, and it, yeah it, it helps settle the bike a lot and, and a lot of guys will use that as a crutch and uh oh yeah yeah so but, if, so the, my, my, my follow-up then would be are the pads and tony you can answer this as well because i've seen you ride a brake before <laughs> um mostly the, just the rear i don't use the front because that's dangerous well yes tell me about it um but are the pads different do you will you slide in a different set of pads uh or just fresh or or what? i don't know i mean could you do like centered pads or not centered pads or something like that or uh, I think on like we've we've found the pad we uh we use DP and then we also use stock pads so uh, the DP we use mostly for practice and then uh, the stock pad we use for the races and they just it's just how they wear and how they work um, and and what and it's right of preference too like anything um, but I think you just in the woods you get it's a habit that every I think all of the all the riders will agree they get it they they get into a habit of dragging the rear brake. And it's hard to break once you've started doing it. And I know a couple of years ago I was really bad at it, uh, but I feel I've got better. I just now I just wear brake pads instead of cracking this. <laughs> do you uh, do, do your brakes? Yeah, you brakes that squeak. Like you know, some certain pads. Oh, is, uh. Yeah, yeah. So the, for the last the last three years on the Euro bikes, yes, I could ride out of the garage and my brakes would squeak straight away. Yes, uh, and this and now on the Kawasaki they. They normally don't squeak at a GNCC, but at the full gas, I can get them to squeak just because you're pushing that much harder, and you. I think you just drag the uh, drag the brake a little more than normal. Yeah, KTM brakes or my Husky, yeah. just like on my Porsche, yeah. get this now. And in the first couple hundred miles, everything was fine, and then you start getting squeak, and I go back to the shop on your Porsche. Yeah, you got to get rid of yeah. the. You got to get rid of that squeak. You know what, Sarah's Cadillac. That I bought off your brother Jesse. Now this is your opportunity to talk, if you if, or not, or you can just sit there and snicker. Boy, the but pressure is on. Those stupid brake pads, and they and I, I took you to the shop. And they're like they're brand new. They're, and they're, hard, OE, they're hard pads. They're OE Cadillac brake pads, and they just squeak every morning when she's going to work and I'm trying to sleep in. Squeak it would it would disrupt my morning sleep. Oh. And I was very distraught about that, hmm. Josh. I was trying to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> trying to sleep it off. <laughs> Jesse has absolutely no answer for this, do you, Jesse? Uh, I'm well. not going to speak for Cadillac or GM. Um, <laughs> and they're probably happy for that. 
they are uh but i do know the girl's car squeaks as well so when yeah it happens it does i don't know same with my bmw they just squeak i don't know why yeah well i've heard from high-end tech some motorcycles or or automobiles or trucks that the harder the pad the more propensity there is for uh, the squeaking the harder they fall does that make Uh sense to you uh mr mr guest mr does. i mean give or take no i mean it doesn't make sense. No, that's. Well, I don't, I don't know. I've, you boys lost me when you started talking about Porsches and BMWs and all that. Uh, yeah, I was at a Cadillac. I do have a Mercedes, oh, but it's Cadillac. a van. Oh yeah. You're familiar with yeah, that, that van? That, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. Well, not that one in particular, but but that the van, the van style. Yeah, they then you break down. You spend more money on them than the Porsche, probably. Uh, you ain't a kidding, 100%. brother, man. When I, so I got a home device. So I took Did that. Did you just call him brother, man? I took. They took that uh, the, the Sprinter van down to Loretta's, and I have a. It's called a home device, oh. and you plug it in the OBD2 reader, which is like the scanning when you scan it, and it and it has yeah. it creates a Wi-Fi for the van, so I can watch like I got the TV in there, and you can watch you know whatever shows going down the road and that kind of thing, and it, but it also sends a diagnostic to your phone, and the entire way home. I'm driving the motorhome, Dylan's driving the van, and I keep getting codes saying unrecognizable troubleshooting this and turbos going out on this and this and that. And I'm like, just get me home. Just get me home. And them things, yeah. you know, they're so expensive when they break. It's, oh, yeah. And yeah. You, can't just, you can't just break down anywhere. You got to break down in front of a Mercedes dealership yeah. and, then, and then get ready to open the wallet and never close it. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I was coming back. I had some Australian buddies come uh, for two GNCCs early in the year, and uh, we ended up taking my van, and it was to New York. So the furthest race of the year, I decided to take my most unreliable vehicle I got. <laughs> and uh, and on the way up, the thing was was really good, and I and I told the boys, I'm like, this thing's been too good to us. We're uh, we're probably going to have some problems. And about uh, we weren't halfway home, and it at about uh, one in the morning, it. Uh, the uh, transmission sensor went out on it and uh, we luckily it broke down right near a Mercedes dealership actually so um, we spent the Monday there getting it fixed and then, then drove home and I, it was cheaper than I thought but I was still not happy about it oh yeah um, so y- you've got a little bit of a break I did race I raced a GNCC on July 27th that you were not there it was the EMTB GNCC. Uh, yeah, I rode the mountain bike race. Yeah. I was the only one there on a KTM. I rode a KTM e-bike, and I was also the only one on a hardtail, which I didn't realize. They were looking at me like I was insane when I signed up, and now I know why I didn't finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but only because I had two blowouts, not one but two down this giant hill. But that was super fun, man. Charlie was there. Charlie's f- crazy fast. Yeah. yeah, it was it was neat. Have you done any of them? No, I haven't. I, I mean, I get bicycles off track, so uh, they have an e-bike, and I have, I have one to pedal the track, and, and I'm interested. In, I mean, I, I love watching bicycles. That right before you called, I was watching the tour of Utah actually. So, uh, um, I like bicycle riding in general. So, I, I would like to do the e-bike race. I just think, even though they have a motor, I still think they are a little more taxing. So, if, um, for us on a normal weekend, they have those e-bike races on a Saturday afternoon. And I just think it's you. You could just put a little bit, a little bit too much effort to it into it, and then it would cost you for Sunday's race, which is probably more important. Well, which is more important than an e-bike race on Saturday. So yeah, uh, 
and that, that's just the racer in me. Uh, I should, what I should probably do is is uh, strap my son to the front of it, and then we could just go and race for fun <laughs> on Saturday. That would be that would probably that that would I'd get a kick out of that. It was pretty neat. We <clears throat> I'd never done a bicycle race ever. I don't think, and and certainly not an e mountain bike. But uh, we ran us through the motocross track at first. And they did it before they chilled the track or anything. So it was it was neat. We went through Ten Commandments, and I I uh, I'm just now not sore from my uh, the back of my calf where I missed the the uh, pedal because I suck at riding bis- bicycles. Um, but uh, it actually um, I so when I had a tire blowout, I I made like there was a lap to go, so I made like 50 minutes out of a hunt out of 60 out of an hour plus a lap. So it was like yeah. 45 minutes, whatever I did, I rode. And it was like it was super fun. Um, I yeah. don't like riding bicycles. I think they suck. I um, <laughs> yeah. I like riding dirt bikes and, and motorcycles. But it was actually really fun, and I could see how people could get into that. And Charlie, you know, he's trying to be selected for the. It's basically like the motocross as nations for bicycles. And there's an e-bike yeah. thing. I know. I think there's some political stuff going on. The the uh, the bicycle association people aren't excited how about what GNCC is doing because it's. You know they're they're a successful promoter, yeah. and they see that it's it may be a, a, a competition thing. Well, they see themselves as a purist as well. Yeah, but they yeah. but they have an e bike class. So mm. I but so but uh, Charlie has been trying to get selected for that, and and you know, and I think he smokes everybody that races those things. And you know, he's he's a phenomenal off road guy. You know that. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah. He's he's incredible. So I don't know. It's just interesting to see all that how that how that went and. Of course, it was the GNCC folks, so it was super organized and really fun. Josh yeah. Shang, no, our guest on the program. Continue, Josh. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, like, Charlie, is, he's turned into a bicycle rider, and uh, it's, it is interesting. I've heard things, um, Trek side of the story, too. They, they, they're they kind of staying away from the the involvement in e-bikes and dirt bikes. They want, They don't want... There's, because I think there's a lot of cyclists that don't like motorcycles, and that, and just just for whatever reason, so they're still trying to keep it all apart. So I've heard that what you said about um, politics with Charlie being selected or whatever that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, they are. There's a lot of change going on in the world of sport. For example, uh, young men are now being allowed to compete in women's sports. Uh, whether it's weightlifting or soccer or wrestling, it's amazing. Down in Texas, for example, we had our first state champ. Young man recognizes himself as a female. Well, guess what? Clearly isn't. Uh, you know, he's racked and stacked, and this dude is, you know, jacked. He's ready to beat somebody up. That's a lot of words that rhyme. I, I, looked, I wrote them all down. <laughs> um, so you can use them again next week. But the idea is, is that things are changing. One of you boys raced Loretta's too, right? I did Loretta's, yeah. Yeah. How was it? Not bad? Um, yeah, it was okay. I lost a bunch of weight before I went down there. I'm doing my best to gain it back at the state fair, but uh, yeah. um, I lost like 70 pounds. So I went down there and and uh, I finished eighth in the senior 40-plus class, which is like whatever. Seri- right serious competition, though. There was a lot of fast guys in your class, Tony. You Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I mean, Mike Brown is in the class. John Gruy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Barry Carson, Valade. I mean, there's a bunch of there. There was there was five legit guys there, and I finished eighth. So I'm a little pissed that I didn't finish in the top five. But honestly, Josh, I think 
I can be a podium guy next year. And I'll say it right now, the trophy for third place is almost three inches bigger than my eighth place trophy. So I will spend endless amount of time and money to get that done. And I will monster truck over anybody that gets in my way. To get that piece of plastic and, and metal. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. no, it's full plastic. I'm sure of it. Yeah. I'll, I'm, uh, I think I'm on to do it next year. So we'll see if my schedule going off and uh, I'll see if Eddie and Babas, Babas want to help me get down there and, and try and do it. What class will you ride? Wood, Woods Goon? Uh, it'll be 25 <laughs> plus, and I would like to do 30 plus, but because I scored a couple of points I don't, at a national, I think I'd be stuck in pro sports. So. Yeah. You, you um, can't do the 30 probably. if. If you've scored yeah, points, probably, unless they change the rules two, again. Yeah, probably two classes that aren't all that easy, I'm sure. All right, Strang, <laughs> to wrap, wrap up your segment, uh, Australian rules, football, or NFL? Oh, I don't know. I would I would have to say NFL just because I live here. And, and uh, it, it's pretty – it's kind of exciting, honestly. I like it. I've been I'm watching a, a lot of Australian rules football and also the international, but, man, I tell you what, some of that stuff can get awful rough, huh? Yeah. I mean, they're Aussies. They're tough as nails. <laughs> All right. Sponsor <laughs> role, buddy. Who do you want to thank? Uh, Babbitt's Online, uh, for sure. Kawasaki, Monster Energy, uh, CD Boots. Those boys have been um, hooking me up since I've been here. I think so. Tw- going on 12 years. Uh, that's that's been an awesome sponsor to have, and then just uh, uh, all the Pit Pass Radio, uh, my wife, because she does most everything for me. Because sometimes I'm a bit useless, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> I think that's common around most homes anymore. I do appreciate yeah. the time, Josh. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll be looking forward to talking again real soon. Continued success. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. There we go, Josh Strang. Hey, before we go to the official break, I do want to bring up our good friends at Wiseco. And in the studio is P.J. Duran. P.J., I've been up and down the road on my way back and forth to Pole Position Raceway where Mark Bunnell uh, holds court each and every uh, day. And, uh, by the way, if you haven't been in there lately, you ought to take a look at the lighting. I redid all the lighting in that place as a company, and it is night and day. Go in and check it out. I think you'll enjoy your racing experience that much more. But we also have already done Hicklin Power Sports as well, all new lighting. And uh, it throws, I think when everything is seen, it throws a completely different light on what you're looking at. In this case, motorcycles on the floor, uh, side-by-sides, et cetera. But Hicklin Power Sports has got it going on right now. Great selection, right, PJ? Absolutely. We have got uh, watercraft are flying out. We've got the last days of summer, and so there's some deals coming in on watercraft. Now, the the watercraft that are coming in, are, are, is it it's a, a stock that you know about, or are these last-minute or last uh, minute year-end deals? These are last-minute year-end deals. Uh, just like any other industry, they start offering uh, rebates and things of that nature, the OEMs do, towards the end of the season to hopefully encourage uh, anybody who might have been on the fence with a great deal. Let's say I don't want to go to my bank. I don't want to go to my consumer uh, credit place. Uh, did I just say brand name? Uh, credit union place is what I meant to say. What, uh, what do you have to offer in terms of financing? Uh, the easiest way to go is go right out to HicklinPowerSports.com. You can complete a, a credit application online, and they'll give you uh, the 
F&I guy will get you with uh, a number of options regarding financing. So financing and insurance. Um, and you also find them online, given the website address. And by the way, I saw a bunch of used bikes out there, previously owned and uh, greatly cared for bikes and uh, side-by-sides out there in front of the store. I can imagine there's even more inside and outside. Yeah. Absolutely, and our entire inventory, uh, new and used, is always listed and up-to-date online. For Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta, KTM, and Polaris, it's all under one roof at HicklinPowerSports.com in Grimes, Iowa, or online at PJ? HicklinPowerSports.com. Stand by. Back after this. Hi, I'm uh, David Vitterman, the world-famous gun rider, and you're listening to Peace Pass Motor Racing Weekend. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber No speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans. Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track dates it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's motor racing talk show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3 
And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Tim Ferry, hero of Motocross Nation in USA, and you're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Hey, it is Pit Pass. How are you? Across the fruited plain, coast to coast, border to border, and all the ships at sea, that's what we do. We talk motorcycling, and if you haven't been on one for a while, and I know you're feeling I know you want it. I know what you want to throw your leg over. Oh, I do. What now? Okay. Uh, I just know you want to get out and get after it, whether it's on the street. Do it safely. Always wear a helmet and uh, the correct uh, uh, correct uh, performance gear. Okay? That's Dress for the a- crash, not the ride. Hey, now we're talking. Yeah. This portion of our show brought to you by Race Tech, the science of suspension. Seems like we've been talking about suspension for a while now. Well, they've been doing it for over 30 years. Race Tech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including sparkling gold valves. Most types <laughs> of motorcycles and ATVs. Look for them online and visit their website at racetech.com. Well, we continue the GNCC off-road rider conversation. We were speaking with Josh Strang. Now we go to Ricky Russell, who's currently in ninth place, I believe, in the overall standings of the GNCC series. In the, also the XC1 class, he joins us now. He's got no finishes outside of the top 10 this year. Wow. Ricky Russell, welcome to Pit Pass. What's going on, man? How you been? Uh, good. How about you guys? We're great. We uh, we were talking to Josh, and he said he's pretty much he he has you outclassed and and outnumbered week in and week out. And we thought that was kind of rude. We of him thought to, it was strong. It yeah. was a strong. It was kind of <laughs> no. rude of him to say that. No, no, no. I don't know about that. I think since I've been back, I think he's only beat me like uh, a couple of times, maybe. He uh, said that was the then, event that he, when he tried. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So me and Josh get along. We're good, good buddies. We like to ride together sometimes, and we, it seems like towards the end of races, we always find each other. Towards the end of the like, right. two laps or so, he didn't really say anything bad no. about you. No. Uh, but he's let's see. <laughs> no. So Josh stays in North Carolina. You're in South Carolina. Is that right? South Carolina. Yep. Yep. I'm about two hours from him. Yep. So where's home base for you during the race season? Um. So during the race season, I'm in Traveler's Rest, where the Ampro Yamaha team is based out of mm-hmm. so uh, yeah it's kind of a cool little town um i've uh i came from washington obviously and then so i go there kind of the winter break and some of summer break so i just got back from summer break um in washington and now i'm back here for the rest rest of the year pretty much until november and then november go off to six days and then head back to washington for a couple months so what'd you do on break? Did you go? Did you go swimming? Did you go to like maybe a water park or? <laughs> no, I mean there's a couple lake adventures. But County fair, skis, but but uh, we still uh, a couple weeks ago it was a busy busy two weeks. We did the two rounds of the works racing up there in Washington, and that was pretty fun. It's kind of 
a little bit different. A few of us GMC guys were out there and then battling with some of the top works, works racers. So definitely fun. Got to be interesting, though, to be that close to politics and all the monuments uh, when in Washington, you know, just to be able to soak it all in. What? For sure. For sure. No, uh, I always like to go home. Oh, you're talking about Washington well, State. Oh, Scotty. Washington State, yeah. No, yeah. So it's a whole nother, yeah, it's whole opposite side of the country. And, you did uh, podium, though. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good racing, and I was right there. We just kind of lost them at the pits, and then I couldn't quite gain back on them. It was just Taylor and that. They were, uh, they got away, and yeah, so. Two thirds. It was. I'll take it. But uh, and especially because I don't. We didn't really have any um, team support out there. It was kind of. I mean, I have all my awesome sponsors still and everything. But it was kind of just me and my dad and mom, just kind of like the old good old days. And went up there and tried to race with the. Uh, I mean, they they had their whole factory team there and everyone there. So a little bit different, but it was. Uh, it was good. It was definitely a good practice and just kind of getting back on pace where we were when we were getting consistent podiums in the GCCs. I mean, when you leave the once you leave the line, though, I mean, I know, I know, because I've been to a, a bunch of GNCCs, and I know you see a bunch of blue shirts or orange shirts or whatever, now green shirts yep. that are out there in the woods, and they're finding lines for you, and they're radioing, and they, I know, I know, there's a lot of that goes into that, but at a works race, I mean, is it is it really a disadvantage? Maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not huge. The biggest thing was just like. You go out, you do you do like a forty five minute practice, and then come back and like pretty much we're kind of used to like you would just hand off your bike and you kind of you're getting ready for your next thing. Where I was working on my bike, pressure washing it, cleaning it up because the second round ended up being a total mutter. Um, first round was kind of dry, and then like it was a weird thing. We raced on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then had Thursday break, and then we raced Friday, Saturday. It was a, it was a long week, but anyways, but. I, it kind of wore me out just because I was I was doing a lot of work, bike work myself, prepping it for each race, each thing. So, but that was like you say, once you get out there, it was kind of kind of not a huge disadvantage or advantage with team wise there. But it was kind of just the the preparation and the bike work. Then you you said you had besides that you uh, you had some lake adventures. Did you uh, like jet skis or what were you doing? Yeah, we always. So, unfortunately, I missed the 4th of July. I always go home, and we kind of celebrate the 4th of July out on a lake, and family, friends, everyone goes out there, jet skis, boats, whatever. We all find a dune out there, hang out in the dunes. and It's kind of nice because it's the first weekend off, usually. But this year, we had to come back and race. We had a makeup race on the 4th of July weekend um, for GNCC. But uh, still, when I got home after that, we've still been going and playing in the river and hot for washington you got like a like a kenny power yeah. style jet ski yeah. or you know what yeah. i mean you know what i'm yeah. talking about yeah eastbound yeah. and down exactly yeah. yeah and then uh i saw on your instagram you uh was that your sister you went to the wedding with i assume that was your sister the blonde um no that's my girlfriend <laughs> he's clearly not your girlfriend wow. she's way out of your league bub <laughs> yeah. uh <laughs> With my sister. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my girlfriend. Went to some weddings. It was freaking wedding time. People our age, apparently, it's time to get married. And what are they thinking? Of, yeah, I don't get it. Tell them to stop <laughs> it. They're too young. Yeah. Wait till you're. Wild. Oh, and you, I see her. You, you killed a turkey. Best friends got married. It's been wild. 
See, whoa, whoa, he he killed a what? I don't know. He's look. Jesse's showing me. Uh, looks like you got a he killed a a big turkey, and then you're riding in some airplanes and all kinds of fun stuff. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was earlier this year. We uh, that was a that was for a bachelor party for a wedding because <laughs> my friends are all decided to get married. But yeah, we went over. I went back home to Washington for one week and uh, did some turkey hunting. Some we my, one of our friends flies a plane, which is pretty cool. It does all sorts of tricks and stuff. So a little different. But that was in between um, uh, one of the rounds. We had a three week break. So normally it's every two weeks we race, and that week we had a three week break, and I got to go home and I kind of have some fun. That was cool. Cool. Are you looking forward to, uh, I'm sure you are, the 6th A, and uh, have you been involved in that a bunch previously? Or is, uh, uh... I'm, I'm really excited about that because I've never, I've never done it. It's something I've always wanted to check off my bucket list. I just never really, because uh, I was close to going on the junior team, and then it was an age thing. I was just above the age limit, and then I don't have any experience or anything, so, and I haven't been there and done it, so... It's hard to get on the trophy team or anything like that. So I've always wanted to check it off my off the list. And this year I kind of just committed and went for it. And now I've just been trying to raise the money and try to uh, go see how it is over there. I know it'll be – every place is different, but it sounds like a great time. Are you having a T-shirt sale or something? A lot of guys do a lot of <laughs> fundraisers, maybe a baked pie sale or something. I am. I'm trying to get them in my hand, but I, <laughs> I posted what it, they look like on my uh, Instagram and then I was trying to uh, I got a list of like people to contact back and everything but uh, yeah I am selling them and anyone wants to contact me about it I will get them a t-shirt they're only they're 25 bucks so nothing crazy and just trying to sell as many as I can yeah we'll but buy I, some I'm to get them in my hand. what's that we'll buy some t-shirts whatever heck yeah you gotta let me know how many and message me after or whatever and I'll I just need to write it all down. I've got it all written down what I need so far. I keep I added like ten to my initial order of each size. Well, you're gonna need a paper yeah. and pencil, okay? Okay. Uh, to make sure you okay. remember it all. All right. Yeah, I'm not, then we I can start. Cell phones. These yeah. Days. <laughs> all right. <laughs> forgot. Paper and pencil. <laughs> What's that? Coming up September 14th. Uh, that's uh, that's next. Black sky. That's the next GNCC series, and uh, I got to tell you, dude, you, you're rocking it out there, and, and folks are taking notice as they have for quite a while. Sponsors, who do you want to recognize? Uh, just my whole Ampro Yamaha team. Just they've all been great, and we've been building. And uh, like we were talking about, we missed the first five rounds, and they kind of stuck behind me still because of injury. And we've still been building and getting better throughout the year. So the whole Ampro Yamaha team, Moose Racing, X Brand Goggles. Um, just everyone, kind of tires and affecting suspension. Just all of our awesome sponsors. I thank them and my mechanic for going above and beyond. We're uh, going to race TKO this weekend. Yeah, that'll be hot. Me a bike. Yeah, that'll be nice and hot. I just got back here and it's way hotter than Washington. So. <laughs> yeah. Hundred and four today. Is that right? down there? Yep. Yep. Wow. Well, yep. and it's it, humid as heck. Yep. I was going to say, at least you got the humidity to look for. It's not the heat. It's the, yeah. well, it is the heat and also the humidity. So, yeah. everybody up there is suffering through the same, right? Ricky, always good exactly. to talk to you, brother. We'll have you back on soon. Keep us posted on what's going on. Anything we need to know? Sounds good, man. Thank you. There we go. Part of the pit pass. 
radio program has been Ricky Russell. We're part of the Evergreen Podcast family. Evergreen Podcast hosts a diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative shows featuring a wide range of lifestyle and niche programming. Our network features a myriad of entertaining shows rooted in high creative values and production quality. Look for them online at evergreenpodcast.com. They are seeking submissions for other programs. Could it be yours? Check it out and see at evergreenpodcast.com. Hi, this is Henry Wild, flat track and road racer. You're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 kxno if you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on check out the full line of yamaha dual sports at hickland power sports The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest-to-ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance, enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever you your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hi, this is Leslie Porterfield from High Five Cycles, the fastest woman in the world on a motorcycle. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I miss Leslie Porterfield. All right, trivia question. He was a fast kid from Florida who grew up racing the same local tracks as Carmichael, Stewart, and Ferry. Tim Ferry. Oh, 
Okay, keep going. He won a title at Loretta Lynn's in 95 and earned his pro license. Over his nine-year professional career, he scored more than 70 top 20 finishes in both Supercross, Motocross, and rode for several top teams, including Star Racing, Moto Triple X, Plano Honda. More importantly, he was able to earn a living racing dirt bikes as a professional. He walked away from racing in 2003, where he returned to Florida, that's a hint, and made a clean break from the sport. Well, recently, our friends at RacerX caught up with him. Who is it? Tony Wink, you want to make a guess? Well, I was guessing Ferry, but you said he rode with Ferry. I don't know who it is. Who is it? First name, Paul. I can't think of a Time single motocrosser I knew who was named Paul. Paul Curry. Paul oh. Curry, yeah. That was a trick question hmm. because 2003, as you know, what you were doing in 2003, everybody got a little bit busy right about then, but that was our trivia question for the program. And we go back now. You got some uh, race results. Who wants to go first, Tony? Well, PJ, we're talking off air about uh, factory KTM rider Johan Zarka, who's, uh, I get, he was contracted to be with KTM through Moto 20- GP team, too, not just KTM, their top level part of their team. Yes, but he apparently uh, demanded to be released early. Because he and the rapidly improving KTM MotoGP uh, program don't play nicely together. Wow. Yeah, and his teammate has done very well, so uh, he, he's clearly not feeling the love, and best of luck to him from there. Also, uh, MotoGP refugee, serial crasher, and current <laughs> Ducati factory rider <laughs> Alvaro Bautista, of course, is rumored to be jumping ship to the Honda World Superbike squad. Oh, wow. What do you think of that? This, this would open the door for... Uh, Fellow MotoGP refugee and current British Superbike points leader uh, Scott Redding on Ducati to jump to World Superbike to take Bautista's seat next year, which would be really sweet because Redding is already a, a, a BA mofo. Yep, absolutely. And I find it a little bit startling. Uh, Bautista had. Uh, right now, Jonathan Ray's back on top, as we've discussed recently here on the program in World Superbike. But for the first couple months of this World Superbike season, Batista was unstoppable on that new Panigale four-cylinder motorcycle. Yes. And I cannot believe he wants to walk away from it. I'm sure there are a lot of zeros on the <laughs> Honda offer because... A lot of guys have gone Honda, and I'm not going to slag on them. A lot of guys have not done anything on the Honda since they went there. The bike has arguably not improved. Honda keeps threatening uh, through various press releases and lots of hype in the industry to really update their world's uh, to update their top line uh, Firebladed in the international market. It continues to be the same motorcycle essentially with bold new graphics for a long, long time now. Um, Follow-up so, question. PJ can probably best answer this. When a guy like Batista decides to jump ship, yeah, there's going to be dollars and cents involved, right? But One would think. Does he get an opportunity to ride, either publicly or secretly, the bike that he projects out on? The future Honda? I don't know. Potentially, you know, World Superbike guy would be at the at the leading end, I would assume. It's of, a good question, Scott, I think. Of test riders for any so. future Hondas. It's just Honda's so big, and much like in the motocross world and every other place that Honda has their fingers in racing, uh, you you expect a lot from them, and when they continually don't deliver, you're kind of surprised. And in World Superbike, 
it's been enough years now. This is very surprising that they have not really gotten the ball rolling. MotoGP at Austria, Ducati's uh, Divisioso kept Ducati's win streak alive at the Austrian track by once again outsmarting Honda's Mark Marquez with some last corner wizardry. Wizardry, did you see it? <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it, I mean, this happened last year a number of times, almost to a T. Yes, exactly what Davizioso did. He just had more than Marquez, and Marquez freely admits this, and he did last year in the same case. It's cool when they don't smash into each other because <laughs> it is literally a last second, last corner dive bomb that Marquez attempts to pull off, goes wide, Davizioso sees it coming, holds back, squares the corner off just like any good racer and uh, beats him to the line by just enough. Did it a number of times last year. Uh, it, it was great racing. It makes you nervous. It's why you want to watch racing however, when guys do this on the last corner. However, Marquez still leads that handily. series by 11 million Hand, points. Yep, and handily. He, it wasn't like he was too heartbroken. I mean, it's just whatever. You know what I mean? It's and like, how good he is to be able to do this kind of thing on the last corner of the last lap. You know, the only thing he can do that would hurt himself would be completely shoot himself in the foot, not get the 20 points that go with second place. Then you start making the season interesting. So the fact he's just an amazingly talented rider that he can do a dive bomb at the last corner. Yeah. Did we talk about Moto America at Sonoma? We did talk about it. I at least gave the results. Garrett Gerloff had a great weekend going 1-2. Elias uh, took second in the first, TNF in the second. But uh, much like Marquez, still has a pretty comfortable lead, although less so than when he got to uh, the California track. We didn't talk about Super Sports Series, um, the 600 guys. Hayden Gillum takes the win in race in, one. In race one, absolutely, yep. followed by Fong and Jacobson in race two. Jacobson Fong were followed by Prince. Gillum was just outside the podium in fourth. That was some good racing, and we didn't touch on even bigger news for our uh, Pit Pass Racing faithful, uh, our very own uh, We Are Fanboys of Him. Drake Beecham took a second place, a hard-fought second to uh, Mr. Dumas, but more importantly... The points lead. Points lead. Yes. He is one point ahead of Dumas currently with a few rounds left, so go get him, Drake. We are all pulling for you. The Drake is uh, in full effect. He started winning in Road America, and he has not backed off the gas at all since then. So they've got we've got, what, three races to go in the Twin Series, right? So I believe they yep. run at all those races yes. yep they do so the top three are separated by three points drake's got 108 alex has 107 and barney has 106 so that's uh former points leader michael barnes also didn't do himself any favors that weekend by having to retire due to his mechanical issues so um fyi drake is still sponsored by billy mallory who's my attorney and my good friend right out of des moines right here and that you guys you guys brokered that deal literally at the track while having <laughs> was there tacos. drinking involved when you guys there was did a this? lot of drinking yeah, okay. and homemade, so. to homemade tacos by my good friend Quau sandoval from yeah. chicago uh. uh we were having quite the party and yeah next thing you know drake uh Drake got a sponsorship, and Billy was kind enough to say, if you win tomorrow, we'll talk about more. And lo and behold, Drake went ahead and won the race. So <laughs> That's uh, so fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Whatever happened to our pickle guy, speaking of... Uh, oh, Mandingo Pickles. What Mandingo happened to Big, Pickles. Big Nasty just fell off the face. I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's slinging pickles still or, or what. They, he kind of went off the rails. I mean, they got into the Bloody Mary mix, and 
that ain't how I roll. I'm a pickle guy myself. So mm-hmm. um, I just wondered. We uh, we didn't talk about Peoria, which is this weekend, 73rd annual. The King Henry Wiles will not be throwing his leg over. Reportedly, wow. had a surgery um, from his uh, his his disappointing finish at the Black Hills Half Mile. Um, He's not going to race, man. I don't look like I was talking to Chris Carr about it earlier today, and then I pulled up AmericanFlyTrack.com and who will reign in Wiles' absence at the 73rd Peoria TT? I know, and it takes away. Well, I guess he could still beat Chris's overall, right? Because currently they're tied. Isn't that the story? They yeah, but currently tied, but it was consecutive. I think it's a giant disappointment for the fans. It, it oh, would huge. be for me if I was going because I just wanted to go see, and he's not on his Kawasaki. I yeah. mean, it's, it's he's on uh, an Indian. Yeah, it's it's like, can he do it? Is he Jared? He clearly had Jared Meese covered when we went, and it was because he had the better motorcycle for that race. Now, absolutely. I'm not saying you couldn't throw him on any motorcycle and do well. I'm not doubting King Henry, but man, it stinks. And I think Briar Briar's points later. I think yeah. he has been since Daytona. We didn't talk about the Sacramento Mile either. Speaking of AFT, and I could uh, I would touch on. In the singles class, Shayna Texture gave KTM, the factory team, their first mile win in the lightweights class. She was followed by Rush and Avery in the twins class. Mies was back on top at the mile on his Indian, followed closely by Briar Bauman and Davis Fisher. Notably absent from the Sacramento Mile were all those road racers that have been running in that series because they were at uh, Sonoma. Roger but. Lee Hayden, uh, <laughs> who's been who's done a couple guest rides, and we've talked to him about it in the AFT Twins class, didn't make the main. Struggled a little bit with getting, uh, you know, getting comfortable on a mile. He'd been doing good at the half miles that he'd done. Uh, so hopefully Roger's able to bounce back in the next guest ride he does. So she she won on what? What was she riding? She rides for Factory KTM in the singles class on a 450. Yeah. KTM has had some wins, but not at a mile. What, this was a big deal for them to get their first mile victory in American Flat Track. What was she racing, and what did she win on at Knoxville for her first major? I don't remember. Do you remember was, that? Uh, that would have been a singles as well, and more than likely a Honda. I apologize I think to anybody, it was, but actually. I'm pretty sure it's a Honda that she rode until she was picked up by uh, You know, I wish there's very little parity between her her uh, her TT game and her, her circle track. I mean, she's so good. She's so good. The bigger so the good. track, the faster she yes. I mean, quite literally, the bigger the track, the higher the speeds, the faster Shana. She should go road racing is what really kind of speed what are we also talking about? want to tell her all the time. What, what kind of speed are we thinking she's uh, My crappy 03450 on a mile would do every bit of 105, so I can only imagine hers is going a lot hotter than that. 16, 107? No, uh, I think they're like one, one, 115, 120 whoa. sounds a lot more believable. Yeah, somewhere in that range with gearing, uh, I'm sure they're capable of 115. You know, and I, you'd think um, with the resources that KTM has, and maybe it's smoke and mirrors like a lot of teams, but I got to believe it isn't with KTM. I mean, they spend real money, mm. but it just seems like they would invest in that girl and, and get her her tt game and she'll be the first to tell you she sucks at, at peoria and she said and when we've talked to her she's making real strides putting in some work but i'm with you tony she's fast enough everywhere else let's get her with a real deal everyday coach and really yeah put the work in because i mean to me it would seem that's teachable she's already got the hardest part going 100 plus 
plus miles an hour sideways with your foot down, yeah. it would seem the TT game would be the easier of the skills to learn. It's, but she doesn't like jumping. Yeah. Well, I do want to invite everybody to Davenport in on August 30th and now tell you on the 29th, 30th and 31st is the Blackhawk swap meet. And it's a vintage. It's the, it's the one of the, if not the best vintage, if you're going to see one of them, you're going to see a few of them at least at this place. It's amazing. Vintage motorcycle swap meet. It's at the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds in Davenport and uh, over in the Quad Cities. And uh, you guys, you you wouldn't believe the stuff you would see. You can't see it all in one day. And try to come on Thursday if you can because a lot of stuff's picked through by Friday. But it is incredible, the stuff you're going to see there. And then on Friday night, we've got the Davenport Vintage Flat Track, the half mile. We've got a ton of people. We give away the John Parham Lifetime Achievement Award there. Um, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot. David Durrell's coming. Chris Carr's racing. Boltaco Astro class. And then we have the Twins at race. We have uh, the Board Trackers, which is uh, early 1900s. Harley Davidson. Some of them things are worth a few hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing. Not exaggerating that people are riding around. And it's really... Going shockingly fast on them. I was blown away by how fast they were going when fast. I was there. I don't even want to throw my leg over on, let alone go the speeds they're going on that half mile. And it's it's a really cool show. I love the sound. It is a neat sound on those yeah. bikes. Yeah. Yep. A lot. And, you know, really, realistically, when you look at the bikes, the first bikes that came out, I love the sound of those, too, because that was the sound of American and uh, and European ingenuity. That's before the Japanese had jumped into to building bikes. Mm-hmm. This is a time when everything was on display, and you could hear it and feel it and smell it. You know, what was the fellow that uh, went across on the Indian, across the United States? I brought the book in. We had the author on. Uh what was that guy's name? Anyway, he went through what? Four back tires and only one front tire? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that uh, Irwin Cannonball Baker. Is man, you got a memory. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, are you going to be in Davenport with us? I will be. I'll be uh making the ride from here uh over and then from Davenport on. I'm hauling mine, brother. I'm going to haul my bike over and then we're going to go. We're going to ride to Springfield. So if everybody wants to go, we're going to ride Saturday morning about 8 o'clock probably. We're going to leave the Davenport Speedway, the Mississippi Valley Fairgrounds, and we're all going to make our ride over to the Springfield Mile. We're going to watch the mile on Saturday and then the mile on Sunday because it's a doubleheader. It's going to be a hoot. I understand from talking to them that Frank and Mike uh, will be there. Frank Fritz, our buddy. And, of course, Mike uh, will be there. They're, they are true collectors. They sell in the pits, uh, in the show itself. And then, of course, uh, we always invite Frank to come over and make the presentation of uh, the John Parham Award. And do we know who's getting it this year? Or I do. is it a surprise? I do know who's getting it. And uh, we, I spoke with Mark from the museum, the National Museum, and uh, Jill Parham, John's wife, his widow and um we are uh, i'm very excited to make that announcement but i'm not going to do it until that day wow so you're gonna have to stay tuned to listen to who does win for yet another year want to thank our guests ricky russell josh strang brad jeraminski jake johnson and chris carr in studio guest jesse guest thank you jesse i hope you had a great time absolutely did you heading back to the fair uh, yeah, we gotta. Uh, <laughs> I cannot get back there fast enough. I love it. Gotta close it down. For PJ Duran, for Jack and Leanne DeLeon, for Tony Wink, Eddie Cullenkamp, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy as well, I'm Scott Casper. Thanks for listening.
May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.